Live on Facebook Live or live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am the aforementioned Tony Visick. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Arizona time. I don't know what time it is where you are. You will have to look at your own clock. But I know that it's 2 o'clock here, so I am sitting in my home office in front of my telephone, my computer, and another computer that's just picking up my voice. It's all here. It's all live. It's all right now. We come to you on three different platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can just listen. YouTube Comedy Schools, where you can watch on a lar- with a larger view than what you're getting on Facebook Live and Facebook Live. So three platforms, shows built around three things, uh, questions and comments from you, the audience, that we attempt to comment on or uh, answer. Um, usually a knickknack or some doodad or autograph or memorabilia we have laying around the home office that we then share with you uh, and weave a story around. And we recommend two artists our two pieces of music based off our vast vinyl album collection. And we're back to vinyl today. I got a couple of great vinyl albums from a couple of great classic artists that we're going to talk about. And uh, uh, even though both are from the 70s, uh, they seem like they're from completely different eras. So uh, we got all that coming up for you. All that more and more in store on Living on a Thin Line. Hey, friends, you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy? <laughs> Hey, friends, Tony Vistic here. Ever thought about doing stand-up comedy? We got classes. We got shows. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> uh, hey, I just want to get the commercials out of the way. Um, there's a brand-new comedy club opening in the greater Phoenix area called JP's Comedy Club, uh, opened by my good friend Jim Perry. I have partnered with him to bring uh, live and virtual entertainment to the greater Phoenix area, to Arizona, to the nation, to the world. We'll be doing live and Zoom shows, virtual shows, from this very cool brand new location. Uh, I will be kicking it off as the headliner uh, September 17th, 18th, and 19th, I believe. I don't have my calendar in front of me. It's that weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, if you are on the greater, uh, first there'll be limited seating, social distancing, masks will be required, um, even when you're in the bathroom by yourself with the lights off, which is, uh, I think, before the pandemic, that's the only time I ever wore a mask is when I was in the bathroom by myself with the lights off. But uh, there'll be safe, uh, uh, safety seating, social distancing, masks required, but we are planning for the next phase, the next era. Uh, while others are closing, we are opening and we are expanding. Uh, our hearts go out to those friends of ours that uh, were forced to close and close permanently during this time. Uh, our heart breaks. We're going to do everything we can to help them out. And, uh, of course, uh, we keep good thoughts for our friends who are still um, trying to keep something going. So uh, we're starting something brand new. I'll be doing my first in-person comedy workshop since the middle of March, this uh, coming September 7th, which I think is Labor Day, but I've totally lost track of holidays. We will continue, of course, with our Zoom and virtual classes. You can find out about all of this by going to comedyschools.com. I'm wearing my clippers at. And right now, as I speak to you, there is a God, because right at showtime, 2 p.m., is when halftime began. Now, the show will run a little longer than halftime. I'll miss a part of the game. But uh, it is a tougher game than I thought. At the beginning of the series, I think it'd only go five. But we're at six games now. Uh, and uh, uh, you got my hat would be off 
except then I'd have to take these off and take the hat off and then it makes your hair kind of stick up. My hair's a little sweaty from walking to Doug. So uh, metaphorically, my hat's off to Luka Doncic, who's just putting on a clinic on how to be a great player and a great person on the court. Uh, he's 21 years old, and he is giving he's giving uh, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers a run for their money. I think at halftime, the Clippers are up by five or six. Uh, it shouldn't be this way. That This series should have ended in four or five. But... Uh, uh, Steph Curry's brother, Seth, is on the uh, Mavericks. And though he's, uh, he's no uh, uh, Steph Curry, he's a damn good player, too. Uh, one, of their, uh, uh, one of their starters is out as well. The kid I can't rep. Kistrip Pogzingis. I'm, I'm terribly mispronouncing that name. He's out, and they're still giving the Clippers a run for the money. We'll see what the rest of the day brings. But I am so happy to be able to watch uh, playoffs. Um, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to watch playoffs because uh, they might be, um, in a sense, on strike uh, as a protest against so many things that are going on in our nation today. And I also was concerned because I have Dish Network. The Dish doesn't carry uh, ABC or ABC. And last Sunday's game was on ABC, and I had to miss it. I, I got a bone to pick with Dish. So uh, I keep paying these high cable bills, and half the things I want to watch aren't on HBO, ABC. Fox Sports, uh, it just got a little ridiculous. But anyway, I've been able to watch the game today. A little cooler in Phoenix today. It was only 100. Uh, I'm so, it, was, it wasn't supposed to get this hot, but it did. It got up to uh, about 100. We were able to get the dog out walking during the day. For those of you that know that we res uh, my, uh, my wife rescued a cat from a dumpster. For those of you that know that, uh, probably less than a day old. The cat uh, has been named Ray. The cat is doing fine, okay? The cat keeps uh, my wife up every two hours. Uh, she was waking up every two hours to feed it just like you do a baby. So um, uh, just a, a great thing she's doing. And uh, I will keep you apprised on the life of Ray, okay? Remember it here that during the pandemic, during this crisis, you were able to almost every day watch Living on a Thin Line and that the people that bring you Living on a Thin Line Res rescued a kitten from a dumpster. Now it's up to you to go out and do something just as cool. Um, I don't have any uh, uh, knickknacks for you today. I simply don't. I simply don't. I just want to get right to the music, okay? Unless anybody's got a question or comment, anything you want to bring up. Um, we already lost some listeners because all I've been doing is talking about rescuing a cat. And a lot of people aren't interested in that. A lot of people aren't interested in the NBA. A lot of people aren't interested in my thoughts on the NBA. Let me say this about the NBA. If they had decided to scrap the season of protest, I would have respected their decision. That they have decided to continue to play, I respect that decision. And selfishly, I enjoy watching it. But I'll tell you what cracks me up. I'll tell you what's making me laugh a little are all these people who go on social media and say that they should just do their job. And all of you who are saying that athletes and entertainers and people in the public eye who speak out or feel compelled to say something or do something, should just shut up and sing, or shut up and dribble, or shut up and play. I got a message for you. You shut up. You just do your job, okay? Here's the thing. Anybody who tells anybody to shut up, you shut up. Try that one on, all right? Shut up and weld. Shut up and deliver a pizza. Shut up and... Nurse your hamstring that really doesn't hurt that bad, but you convince the doctor 
to get you a note so you go on disability. Shut up and collect your disability check. <laughs> Shut up and spend your wife's paycheck because you don't like doing inside work. And right now, there ain't no outside work. Shut up. Artists, athletes, actors, musicians, painters, poets, everyone has a right to be heard. Now, sometimes you're out and out lying and you'd be called out on that. Sometimes you're out and out spreading false information to uh, confuse or cloud an issue and you should be called out for that. But anybody who says just because you're fortunate enough to be gifted with athletic prowess and just because you work hard and did all the right things and made all the right moves and they've made it to the top of your profession, that that somehow negates your right to speak out or says that you shouldn't take a stand, you're just stupid. You're a stupid person. Don't be stupid. Let's talk about a couple of artists that weren't stupid. You know, um, I guess, you know, growing up, if I ever did, uh, growing up in the 60s, so many of our artists uh, did speak out. Uh, the two big driving uh, social issues of the 60s were, of course, the Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement. The Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement. Now, there's a lot of people my age who, love, who vote Republican, now vote Trump, but loved Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan wrote the two greatest anthems of the Civil Rights era. He wrote The Times They Are A-Changing, and he wrote Blowing in the Wind. And there were people my age back then going, he should just shut up. Why don't you just play the guitar? Why don't you just sing like Frank Sinatra? Yet Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra in the 40s spoke up against racism. Did you know that? Did you know that in the 40s, I think it was in the late 40s, Frank Sinatra made a film about kids trying to beat up kids because they're Italian and pointing out that every race is the same? Did you know that? Should Frank should have just shut up and crooned? Is that what you wanted him to do? Bob Rocky, just shut up and put stuff in boxes. <laughs> Bob Rocky has joined the conversation. Did you know that? Did you know that Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and other actors went to Washington, D.C. and went to Congress to decry the uh, uh, blacklisting of uh, artists and entertainers and writers in Hollywood? Did you know that? They stood up. Sinatra stood up. Hump Bogart stood up. Should they have shut up? Dylan wrote protest songs, although he claimed he was never a protest singer, just wrote those songs. Should he have just shut up? John Lennon spoke up. Everybody spoke up. And we loved them. We loved them. Great singers, great songwriters, artists, actors. Jackie Robinson was a symbol. Jackie Robinson was a symbol for an entire generation. You know, should a branch Ricky just shut up and not put a black player on the field? Why cause all this trouble? We're just trying to watch a game. Now we got to be concerned with that. You act like this is something new. You act like artists and entertainers and athletes speaking up is something new. And let me tell you something. They got a lot to lose. They've got a lot to lose by doing this. Now people go, I'm never going to another NFL game or NBA game. By the way, those of you who say you'll never go to another baseball game or uh, NBA game or football game, I say, thank God. You were usually the biggest pains in the ass in the stadium anyway. You were usually the reasons we, well, we can't take the kids to a Raiders game anymore. Too many drunken jerks in the stands. 
uh, as opposed to just the regular jerks on the field when the Raiders were playing <laughs> in the 80s. So uh, speaking of people who spoke up, talking about people who fought. See, you just don't want them to fight. You just want them to sit there and dance for you. Just dance. Just sing. Jump down, turn around, catch a gold nugget. Just sing for us. Uh, this guy stood up against... This guy stood up against the record industry and management and was able to pull it off. This is an early album. I'm not sure if it's his first album. Bye. I think it's his second album. John Cougar. John Cougar. One of the poet laureates of the Midwest. The East Coast in the 70s had Bruce Springsteen. The Midwest had John Cougar and Bob Seger weaving, weaving tales through song. They were just fantastic. Just fantastic. Telling us something about ourselves. In not articulating those feelings and ideas and thoughts in ourselves that we could not quite coalesce ourselves and doing it for us. This is an early album by a man later on known by his real name, John Mellencamp. Originally, he was known as Little Johnny Cougar. Johnny Cougar. David Bowie's manager found him and signed him and decided he was going to turn him into another David Bowie. Originally, a little bit of the makeup and the glam look. Well, he, he fought against that, and he fought against being called Little Johnny Cougar and just being John Cougar. Later on, he switched his name to John Cougar Mellencamp and then John Cougar Melling, and then just John Mellencamp. His evolution to artistic freedom was long and arduous, and he had to fight all the way. But it's a great album, and this has um, the song that first made me interested in him because he wrote about the Midwest. And uh, I'm from the Midwest, and he wrote, uh, he wrote uh, Great Midwest. And that's a great, great tune that's kind of lost in the uh, then just avalanche of hits that he had one after another for many years. And of course, uh, his first big hit, I actually knew one of his songs before I knew him, was uh, I Need a Lover. I need a lover who won't drive me crazy. And it was done by Pat Benatar. It was my brother Jerry, oftentimes, even though younger than me, ahead of me, who uh, I think I'm sticking here. Kind of weird what's going on with the internet today. Uh, was the first one to tell me about John Cougar, all right? And actually brought this album out and uh, I believe gave it to me. Lo and behold, all those many years ago, we went, you got to listen to this guy. This is the next guy. So he stood up for himself. He stood up what he believed in. He stood up for his artistic rights, okay? And I guess maybe he wasn't supposed to do that. Maybe he was supposed to put on the makeup and dance and prance for us. But he didn't. And he wrote about what he wanted to write about the way he wanted to write about it. He spoke his truth. So uh, if you know him, John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp, and you forget how good he was uh, when he was young, uh, YouTube, uh, go on Google or YouTube and listen to his version of I Need a Lover and his uh, uh, song, A Great Midwest. You'll be glad you did. The next artist we're going to speak about was a great activist artist who met one of those weird ironic endings. You all remember, uh, uh, you all remember, uh, uh, hey, Jimbo Paz, okay? You all remember We Are the World. You all remember Live Aid, if you're a certain age, 1985 major concert. By the way, it shows in Ven uh, up in the city of Ventura during Live Aid. And uh, I don't think I had a ticket for one of the days and couldn't get in. And uh, a bunch of people trying to crash the fence. A guy came up with a ticket. My brother Jerry grabbed it. And then I was stuck outside and I just went back to the hotel 
and then uh, saw the dead on Sunday. But while I was staying in the hotel, I got to watch Live Aid. Uh, later friends in life like uh, John Taylor from Duran Duran performed there, others as well. It was a great concert, beamed worldwide uh, to bring awareness to so much of the hunger in the world and uh, to raise money for that. Uh, Bob Geldof always gets the credit as well he should for organizing uh, Live Aid and moving it forward. Uh, of course, Lionel Richie for producing uh, uh, the song We Are the World. Uh, way before that, in the early 70s, George Harrison, uh, he uh, uh, produced a concert movie, a, a concert, a show at Madison Square Garden called uh, uh, Concert for the People of Bangladesh. It was a stunning, legendary show. But in between Concert for Bangladesh, which ended up not raising the money for anybody in Bangladesh because uh, uh, the accounting was so screwed up, and Live Aid, the man who really kind of kicked it off, there were two. Two. And one guy went to another guy. And one guy went to another guy and goes, we are so blessed. We are so lucky because we're singer-songwriters and just this money just pouring in. It's pouring in for people doing our songs, us singing our songs, concerts. We're rich beyond our wildest dreams. And a guy who at one point in the 70s was living in a, uh, a little apartment in Reseda, California, because uh, things had fallen off for him. By the way, it's not the worst thing in the world to live in Reseda. Okay, uh, I know Reseda well, know people that live there. But a guy who at one time had been on national television, had hits, had totally fallen off and was kind of at the bottom, was actually uh, advertising guitar lessons on television. Uh, Kenny Rogers had seen a great resurgence in his career from when he was with Kenny Rogers in the first edition and singing songs like What Condition My Condition Was In in Ruby. Okay, and had gone to where he didn't even have a recording contract and then gone on to be one of the major superstars in the world. This other guy came to him and goes, we have to do something. And this guy began to organize what later on became Live Aid. And he was also one of the greatest singer, songwriter, storytellers of, this, of his or any other generation. And we're talking about Harry Chapin. And I know on Facebook that that's backwards. Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin was one of the greatest singer, songwriters of all time. A folk musician who was actually a novelist. Each one of his best songs were a little novel combined with almost being operatic. Combined and told and they were between three and seven minutes in a way that made you never forget. His first big hit, of course, was uh, uh, The Sniper. And it was a, uh, it was a really controversial song because he climbed inside the mind of and told from the point of view the story of the man who climbed up into the tower at the University of Austin in the 60s and killed several people. One of the first times in our lifetime, in my lifetime, that there was a mass shooting. Uh, and I forget the name of the man who um, uh, had climbed up there, but he told the story in a fictionalized way from his point of view. And it was a stunning, stunning tale. Most people know Harry Chapin because he wrote Cats in a Cradle. And uh, oh, my broadcast just paused. Bam. We're back. Um, but this album is literally telling you what he does. It is called Short Stories. Short Stories. We also know him from the song Taxi Driver. It was raining hard in Frisco. Charles Whitman. That's right. I don't want to confuse that Joe Gannon who gave us the name of the uh, sniper in Texas in, I believe, 1965 or 66. It was Charles Whitman who climbed up in the tower, and I believe he killed 11 people before they got to him. Um, 
his song, uh, uh, Taxi Driver, or Taxi, uh, telling the story of a guy driving a taxi who had one night picks up a fare, and it turns out to be a famous then movie star who had been his girlfriend when they were young. And now she's a famous actress, and he is driving a taxi. It's one of the most beautiful, haunting, uh, touching songs you'll ever hear. Now, on this album, we've got Song for Myself, Song Man, Changes, uh, They Call Her Easy, Mr. Tanner, Mail Order Annie, There's a Lot of Lonely People Tonight, uh, Old College Avenue, and the big hit from here, W-O-L-D. W-O-L-D is a great, great story and great, great song about, once again, someone reaching back into their past and looking over all their mistakes and reaching back from a point they didn't think they were going to be at and trying to maybe snatch something from the past for one moment. Because W-O-L-D is the story of a DJ who out of nowhere, late at night, calls his ex-wife. Calls his ex-wife and lays out the story of his life from being a big... And at one time, by the way, um, FM jocks, before talk radio, in the late 60s, in the late 60s, the late night jocks, the FM jocks, and then it was late night was king, who played all that wonderful music, who were not constrained by program directors and ratings and built FM radio, were the gods of radio. They seemed, and I don't know why this thing keeps pausing. We are having some internet issues today. They seemed to be able to read our mind and tell us, play for us, that which we were going to love the moment we heard it throughout the country. And this is the story of one of those men and how he pissed it all away and is now calling his ex-wife just to say hi, but really not. He's calling her to apologize. He's calling her to say he's sorry, calling her to see if somehow maybe he can crawl through that telephone and into the wires and across the great expanse and across the years and come back out on the other end at the beginning again. But you can't. You can't. It's a hauntingly great song, W-O-L-D. It kind of made me want to be a, a DJ for a while. After telling that story, you go, why the fuck would you want to be a DJ? But it was just something that made you go, wow, you know, there's something magical about these men. And at the time, it was mostly men. These men who were able to sit there in small rooms, small, tiny rooms, with a record player and a microphone, with a turntable and a microphone, and affect the lives of millions. All right, so you want to check out Harry Chapin. You want to check out other stuff besides uh, Cats in a Cradle. Uh, YouTube, W-O-L-D, and tell me you don't love it. Uh, there's other great songs on here. You should YouTube the whole album, Short Stories. It's a stunningly good album, uh, but W-O-L-D. And, of course, then I just mentioned John Mellencamp, back when he was John Cougar, doing uh, I Need a Lover and uh, Great Midwest. And you will hear some songs maybe you heard a long time ago. Maybe you still remember. Maybe you've totally forgotten. Maybe you never heard it all. But you're going to be able to reach back into the past with these songs. And here's some wonderful, wonderful music that will add to your life. And unfortunately, so much uh, that we see on social media today and the media that comes to us seems to be detracting from our life. Don't let things detract from your life. Do not. Okay? Hey, I'm going to be back uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to tell you more stuff. To tell you more stuff. It's Chuck Barris just saying the gong show. 
All right. Share with you some of uh, my favorite music, some of my ideas, some of my thoughts. Maybe a bobblehead, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But right now, I'm going to go back and watch the Clippers beat the Dallas Mavericks. I will be happy as a clam tomorrow when we talk again. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Bye-bye. I wonder if anybody ever actually does it.